Hello, welcome back to Shootside. I'm your host, Ferris Simon. It's good to be back. And uh, apologies for the delay. If you noticed, uh, this episode's not airing on our normal uh, day. We missed a week or missed a day. Uh, I'm not really sure at this point uh, when this one's going to come out. But we did miss a couple days there um, here on today's October 15th, I believe. So uh, we should have launched one this morning. We didn't. Um, it got backburnered. Uh getting ready for sale, getting ready for things around here at the ranch. And unfortunately, the podcast took a backseat to other more pressing items. Um, And that's just how it goes sometimes. So uh, today, oh, before we talk about what we're going to do today, I wanted to discuss a little bit about where the podcast is headed um, to those loyal listeners out there. I believe this episode is either our 20th or 21st episode. Um, So that's 20 or 21 uh, weeks kind of of content and it's been a wild ride and it's been absolutely a blast for the most part but um, keeping up with it week to week and delivering that content week to week certainly is a time sink and it's become a little bit of a challenge so I've decided where uh, well I've decided what I'm going to do is it's either going to be this episode or the next episode and we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus as we get into the fall majors and the holiday season, because identifying with my own time commitments and things I have to do, I think it's going to be a, a challenge for me to continue to deliver into perpetuity a weekly episode with a new guest and getting it all scheduled, uh, because this isn't a full-time gig for me. This is something I do on the side. So kind of how I'm going to structure it and what my plan is, is that it's either going to be this episode. I have another one I'm supposed to do. It'll be this episode or the next episode is going to be the last episode in season one. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Like I said, probably going to come back around the first of the year with more content, more guests. I'm reading the emails and the messages you guys are sending me. Um, So I'm aware of who you guys want to get on. I've contacted and have a slate of people that are awesome that I'm really excited to get uh, behind the mic. However, with everyone's schedule this time of year, including myself, it becomes quite a challenge. And I, like I said, I'm not helping this out at all uh, with, with my obligations and things that I got going on. So we're going to take a little bit of hiatus. Um, and I would like to encourage you guys over that this three-month hiatus while I build more content and get another 20, 25 episodes hopefully put together to release starting in January that uh, you guys continue to give me some feedback, continue to provide the great ideas that have been coming in. I've had a lot of them that I want to execute and plan on executing, but it's just going to take time. And I think the best way to do it and deliver it and do a good job uh, with the content is to take a couple months off and actually build all the episodes and then schedule them out uh, after the new year. So today's episode is actually an episode that was uh, given to us or the idea came in on uh, my email on the shoot side podcast at gmail.com. And the question was, uh, you know, how do you build your brand? What do you do to uh, build your brand, build your program? I know there's a lot of young producers and it kind of said this in the uh, email you know, hey, we're just getting started. And this was the essence of it was we're just getting started. And sometimes it feels like if you don't have a reputation or a big brand, you can't sell them as good as as those guys. 
So uh, my guests and I today are going to get into that just a little bit. We're going to talk about different reasons why cattle sell the way they do. And then if you're just getting started, like many of us, you know, all of us were at that point for the most part, everyone in this business started from, uh, you know, their first sale, everyone had their first sale or, or their first purchase or their first calf born. You know, what are some of the things that uh, we've done and, and how we've approached it to go from, you know, selling just a couple calves for very uh, menial uh, dollars to uh, the levels that we are now. And that's not to indicate that um, we're the top dogs in this business by any in any stretch of the means or by any stretch of the imagination. It's not to say that we're better um, than everyone else. It's just tracking the growth and the pattern of the business. But anyhow, uh, the guest today is a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Phil Hallback. Uh, Phil, his wife, Rachel, and her daughter, Haven, reside in Woolstock, Iowa, where they operate Hallback cattle. Uh, Phil sells a lot of steers. He sells some show heifers. He also has a, has a bred heifer sale in December. And Phil has built a reputation of selling uh, high-quality uh, cattle that feed and, and can compete at a high level. Uh, so me and Phil go back a ways. Uh, Phil's a great guy. He's going to give you some good takes. It was fun recording this episode with a buddy, as it always is. So without wasting too much more time, let's go shoot side with Phil Hallback. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, Ferris. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good. Uh, well, I mean, I think we've had some mutual friends uh, ask when you were going to come on. I, probably Cole House. Is it Cole House? Oh, I don't know how many people. I think you've grown your audience really well, and they keep bugging me, like, when are you going to go on that thing? I said, I don't know. Don't have much interesting to talk about. Yeah, today's <laughs> the day. Yep. So, uh Today we're going to talk a little bit, and we actually, it's based on an email that I got from a fellow named Stephen McIntyre, I believe is his name. I can look at here and, and check, but Steve uh, wanted to talk about building a brand, and uh, here, let me load this up here. Basically, the email, uh, and I like the idea, is uh, he wanted to know... Um, Talk about building a brand a little bit. It says, uh, it seems a lot of people um, buy calves a lot based on reputation. Sometimes you might have a good calf, and if you don't have a good reputation and no one really knows you, um, the cattle don't bring quite as much as others that do. And I and I would agree with that, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. But before we talk too much about reputation and things like that, I think it's always important at least I look at it in my own program, and I think you do the same, is you have to really be hard and evaluate your own cattle and be truthful with yourself on on what you're doing within your program and how that ranks to other operations, whether they have or don't have a reputation. Like if your cattle aren't good and they're not in sellable condition and presented nice, um, it's pretty hard to get them sold right. I would agree with that. I think... I think there's a lot of days that when we go out on the road in the fall to look at cattle, I think we're 
a trying to find out <clears throat> if there's one out there we missed or one that we need, but we're also trying to size up the group we have. And I think it's easy to to get out and about or easy to be at home and look at your cattle and think they're the best ones on earth really. And until you get out and see what everybody else has, you know, really puts things into perspective and see how competitive they really are. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're going to go out, you're going to see where you rank, you're going to see what else. And you and I as guys that trade some, you're going to go see if, Hey, do I need that one? Do I not need that one? Go home, reevaluate your stuff. But again, it all gets back to, um, being truthful of what is the quality of the stock on the farm and what is the realistic expectation uh, of these cattle to bring high dollar or you know medium or low dollars. And there's, I think it's proved every night on these online sales that there's a market for every one of those price points. And I think a lot of the times the differentiation is what do you as a program do to separate yourself from the other thousands of people. And we've talked about this before in this podcast, but what are you doing as a program to differentiate yourself from the other guy? Are you going out and servicing those cattle or are you staying home? Are you, you know, on the phone with them checking in all the time or are you not? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I'd agree with that. I think, you know, a lot of times as we sell these cattle, they're not really, I guess, you know, I sell uh, farm equipment for a living, and a lot of times when they buy a tractor or a combine, um, there's a warranty that goes along with it, and they, they kind of know what they expect and what's going to come with the machine. And I think sometimes the cattle industry, we probably don't do that as well as far as there's no laid out specifics or, you know, especially when we sell them online or, you know, on the Internet, it doesn't really come with a list of these are what comes with it. And I think as people watch the online sales or, you know, the a lot of these phone bid listings and they see what some of these cattle are priced at and they really scratch their head. But there's nothing that's a disclaimer that really states what those cattle come with. And I think as time goes on, you know, the, the families that are here writing the checks for them understand what's going to come with it. But it's not necessarily always public knowledge. So I think you see a big differentiation from the public's eyes on what them cattle cost and what they're, you know, what they're priced at or what they're going to actually transact at. And it's not really fair, you know, to judge as far as how that ranks to the one I have, because you don't know what's coming with that calf. No, that's a great point. And I think if you just take this past week of sales, um, like you were talking about, and there were some very prominent programs that sold cattle this past week in the middle of October um, and you see what some of those cattle brought and certainly they're high quality cattle. But a lot of times, like you're saying, that premium is generating some a lot of service that goes along with it. I mean, some of it, a lot of its reputation as well, which we're going to touch on that a little bit later on how to how to build that brand and, and build a reputation based on our experiences. But like you're saying, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that that you don't see, you know, that a lot of these programs provide to their customers. It's not listed on there in the footnotes of, yeah, we're going to go clip this calf and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and help you out. But I think it's important to be noted that a lot of times that is the differentiation and why those cattle bring what they do 
is because what comes with them in terms of service. And I think you have to be truthful with yourself um, when you're designing your program on, on like, and I think I just said it, what you're willing to offer. If you're just going to sell a calf and there's a lot of people that do it very successfully, that just sell calves and they don't fall them around. They don't fit and clip some of the most successful guys in this business, but the cattle better be really, really good and well cared for when they leave that place. Yeah. I agree with that. If you're not going to, yeah. And if you're not going to provide those services, you better have the good ones and they better be really, really healthy. Um, but if you're comparing two like cattle and one's coming with a lot of service and a lot of help and a lot of advice, and you're going to provide that show family with a lot of growth, um, that calf's generally speaking going to be more expensive than the one that sells out of the pasture and is like, well, come with your trailer back up to the loadout and Hopefully we see you back here next year. Yeah, I agree. The The biggest thing too, I think a lot of times, you know, if I look back at the first, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the first group of steers I bought to trade on or bought to resell and what that calf looks like, looked like then and what it might look like today coming off the trailer. Like, I feel like to some extent, you look at those programs that have done it year after year, you're paying for a little bit of their you know, paying a little extra because they've been through and made the mistakes for you. So like the calf I buy today might be a lot different than what I did 10 years ago. And you hope you learn from your mistakes and you hope that you've sorted through some of the mistakes that I guess the person buying, you know, would maybe have to learn. And, and you maybe took that, took that fall form or took that, um, you know, took that downside or that one that didn't turn out and learn from it. And the one you have brought home now, you know, you've hopefully sorted through and got a better chance to make it. And I think that's why you see some of the programs, their top end of cattle, you know, they sell higher and they go out and do better. Well, I think an important thing you just said there is year after year, the great majority of these guys that and, and programs that are selling these cattle at the top of the market, they've been at this a long time. They've taken their licks. They've done things and built their brand the right way. And it is a time consuming thing. Um, There's very few that you ever see that just pop up overnight and are are leading, you know, leading the weekly high sellers list. This is a time consuming thing. I I think we talked about this last night on the phone when we had this concept to have this uh, podcast of we were talking about our first sales. I think my first sale, I think I averaged like 2000 bucks on four or five head. And I mean, I, I think you said yours was maybe somewhere in a similar range long, long time ago, but it just, it, I think patience is a virtue in this business for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I think my, <clears throat> it would have been my third sale. It was my first sale. I had a the farm that I live at and I, I know when I was all said and done, I was happy. <clears throat> we got them all sold, but I averaged right at 2000 and it just, I tell everybody that asked me, it's like, and I'm, I'm nowhere near the high seller list, but you have to start somewhere and then you have to kind of establish who you want to be. Yeah. And find your niche. You know, if, if you're, if you're the, and I know there's several of these operations around and there's, it's completely commendable to do it this way is, Hey, we want to raise calves that we sell to the five counties around here. And we're going to go help these kids at these County fairs do that. That is awesome stuff. Uh, walk the walk, do, 
um, what you plan to do, you know, if, if your program, if you decide I'm going to sell county fairs, county fair steers to these counties around here, which in all reality is the way I got started. I wasn't out there trying to sell them to the Midwest and stuff like that or wherever. Um, it was pretty basic starting out, but you got to go to those county fairs. You got to help those families. You got to be involved. You got to go visit them. You got to really provide that service. And I think that's going to boost your sales and in turn boost your reputation and kind of your following. Now it's okay to set your aspirations higher and continue to work up if you so choose to, but whatever you decide to do, I think you need to follow through and do that year round, not just on sale day. You need to be out there, be in front of people. If you truly want to boost um, your visibility within this market, because it's pretty crowded. Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, and the, the biggest thing I think that I've always looked at, and I think at the time, the customer base that I had, you know, and I remember that year with our $2,000 average, you know, there's a couple of calves that went on and we were able to assist the families with some clipping and some feed advice. And, you know, at the time, a lot of them really didn't have good coolers and we tried to put a plan together to help them, you know, do their first, you know, hair cycle or first summer grown hair. And, you know, it was a successful year, but I think I've always thought is, you know, understand where your place is with, with it. Uh, as far as, you know, I call a lot of times the, the seat you or I sit in is kind of like the basketball coach and, you know, we're going to help draw out the plays or try to help get organized and really see, you know, what their goal is. Do they, do they want to win a class at the County fair? Do they want to win the County fair? Do they want to compete at the state fair, you know, lay it all out. And then I think it's our job to kind of hold them accountable along the way to what, uh, what steps are going to have to take to get to their goal, but also, you know, see what that family really wants to get out of the project and make sure, you know, cause I think it's easy for us to get caught up on what we want out of their project and really try to cater to, Hey, this is my goal and, and try to hold them accountable and, and try to help, you know, hit the steps along the way. But I think just like that family has a goal, I think all of us as sellers, you know, we, we want to, you know, I guess, as you said, establish your brand, but try to decide where we fit in in the whole industry and what you want your program to be about and where you want it to go. And I think for me, that's been the most fun. Like a lot of days at work, I get to be told what I'm going to do and what my parameters of business are and how I'm supposed to act where, you know, I think that's the most exciting thing about, you know, an individual's cattle business is that's your business and it's going to be a reflection of who you are and how you want to do business and, and how you want people to view you as an individual and as a business. And I think, you know, it starts from the beginning of what, what you want it to be and what services you're going to provide and, you know, what you're, I guess, maybe good at, you know, everybody has their thing. I commend a lot of guys and you as one of them, as far as, you know, raising steers or raising heifers, <clears throat> you know, it's hard to do that. So if that's your thing and that's what you're good at, then focus on your cow herd. If, if you're good at clipping, then maybe it's, you know, some of the servicing part, but I think find what you're good at, what you want to represent and how you want it to be known or how you want to be known for. And then 
take it from there. Yeah. And I think the other part of that is what makes you happy. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of programs and families and outfits out there that have 20 cows and, you know, keep it simple and raise stuff for the grandkids that are probably a lot happier than I am on most days, you know? Um, and I think that's what, you know, we all lose sight a little bit as far as, you know, what the, what the internet says and what the industry says, or, you know, finding out where you fit in and what's going to make it fun for you. And I think no different when we tell these families to pick out a calf, you want something you're excited about. And just like, if you're not excited to be on your knees fitting at a show, maybe that's not the role you need to be in this thing. And I think just find what, what's fun and what makes you happy. Yeah, I agree. So step one, um, in kind of building your program and building your brand is identify what you want to do, where you fit in, um, where you can be successful, right? Like Phil just said, um, if you're not good at clipping or you don't want to be clipping and fitting all the time, maybe mold your brand, mold your business where it's not necessary for you to go to 20 to 30 prospect shows a year and fit and present calves. Now, Phil, on the other hand, I mean, you sell mostly to families and that's where your niche is. So you, you, that's what you do. You go to a lot of prospect shows, you go to these state fair, uh, families, homes and things like that and clip their calves before the fair. But if that's not what you feel like you're good at, or you don't want to do that, then you just need to kind of pivot and figure out how you can be successful and then be realistic about the, the volume of sales and the price points of those sales that you can have considering what it is that you're going to offer and whatever you do, I think do it very, very well. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, what's often skewed about, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, I think whatever your method of selling is and how much of that is public knowledge and not is, you know, even on our side, um, if I'm trading a calf or I go and buy it, you know, I might sell a calf for say $20,000. Well, I might have 16.5 in it and go to, you know, know that I'm going to probably be providing service for anywhere from eight to 12 shows. And, you know, really at the end, you know, that sounds good, but you know, that's what we're, a lot of that pricing is just to try to cover the cost of, um, you know, the, the help and the fitters and, um, everything that way. So I think it's all relative. And I think, really like you say you figure out where you fit in and then really where where the you know the pricing comes from there i think the next step for me in my in my process on where i've been is to is to continue to tell myself to be patient um like on a macro scale like long-term scale be patient doesn't mean be patient on my daily activity and you know not try hard and go out and hustle but just understand that everything about these cattle and this business long-term takes time. It takes a long time to raise them. You know, they're in the, in utero for nine months. Um, it takes a long time to uh, wean them compared to other species. Uh, everything about it on the macro scale is slow. Generation interval is slow. Their response to feed sometimes is slow. 
but you need to be patient. If this is your first, second, third, fourth, even fifth year doing this, realistically, you can't look at your program and say, yeah, I'm going to sell them like guys that have been doing this for 20 years. It's not realistic. And I don't know that it's a bad thing when you're first getting started to sell cattle. I know, um, and we still sell some of them under the money, but when those cattle go out and deliver, I think that builds a lot of reputation um, for your customers, or reputation for yourself through your customers that, hey, I sold one that was under the money. And I think that, I know it's helped me build some notoriety when I was getting started is when you sell a reasonably priced calf that goes out and thumps them. Yeah, I agree. And I think we all, it doesn't matter if we buy a, um, you know, a pickup or a calf or, you know, if it's a, if it's a cattle shoot, whatever, we all want to have at the end of the day, feel like we got good value for what we bought. And I think that's important. I think for long-term businesses, you always want people to get more than what they paid for. And I think that'll, that'll keep people driving in your driveway the next time and, you know, hopefully lead to long-term business. And I think that's the hardest part about the cattle thing is, and it's also the most fun is you look at some of the other industries and, um, you know, whether, whether it be a vehicle or I sell tractors for a living and, you know, a guy buys a big tractor every five to 10 years. Well, in, in the cattle business, they typically um, buy a calf every single year. So if it's as far as 4-H program and junior kids, like they have to buy a calf every year. So you take care of them and hopefully the next year that sale comes back and, you know, always keeping that person to the point they're getting what they thought they, you know, are trying to get value in what they paid and hopefully they come back to you the year, you know, the year after and the year after that. And like for my business, that's when I feel like we become the most competitive with some of the families that we've had a chance to work with year after year. They get to know us, we get to know them, and we kind of understand what their capabilities are a little better as far as if they're really good feeders, if they're really good at growing hair in the summer, wherever they fit in. And hopefully that relationship that you build with them just helps them helps them get to their goals a lot, a lot faster and a lot easier. Yeah, if you don't deliver some level of value, regardless of the price point, if you're not delivering some value, um, you're going to sell your cattle for a little less than the ones that do for sure. And value, like you said, keeps them coming back. If you're selling to traders, man, I think it's good that they make money on those cattle. You know, um, if you're selling to families and those cattle outperform the price point, that's awesome too. That's not to say that we don't like to sell the high ones and and try to generate the dollars to pay the bills, but you got to deliver some level of value somewhere. Um, and just because this marketplace is so crowded, which, I mean, do you have any, I mean, you want to walk us through maybe some of those things that you've done over time, Phil, um, to get your program from where it averaged, would you say 2,100 to, uh, you know, wherever it is now? I think the biggest thing, that everybody wants in the cattle is they want some sort of level of success. So I think whether you're selling, you know, $2,000 or, you know, the sky's the limit anymore in today's market. But <clears throat> I think over time is the, the more we would, you know, 
have a chance at the, you know, to be in the driver, to get through your class. I think the more times you do that and the more times people see that, I think it, you know, hopefully builds that reputation that you have quality. And I think it starts at, you know, the quality of the calf um, as, you know, a big important thing. And I think, you know, what you do with that person after the fact, as far as following them around or answering questions or really, you know, like what I've always said is what's your goal and what can we do to help you get to your goal? And I think the more times, you know, I found over time, the more times that that happened to the point that you did what you said you would do and the cattle made it to the goal that you set, the higher chances you have for repeat business. And I think, you know, that's allowed you to, to maybe, um, you know, take it step by step. I mean, we tried to win the county fair locally to start with. And then some of those families, you know, we stepped them up from there and, you know, put them in the drive at state fair or exarbon or whatever their goal was. And I think that just, you know, most things, and I'd say it's really similar to what we do at work as far as selling tractors and combines. And I hate to keep referring to that, but it's the same, you know, it's if you sell them something and they're happy with it, um, you know, most of the people we deal with are in the ag industry or, you know, some tie to farming. And I think the, the nature of those people are to, if they're happy with something, they tell other people. And a lot of times you're, I think your, your best advertising you can do is, you know, to have people have success and have them tell other people. And I think you can advertise on Facebook or wherever you want to. And a lot of times just actually doing it will, do better than what you tell you know you can tell people all you want but it's better to do it and that's always been a little bit of philosophy and sometimes you look at things and say does this make financial sense no but is it the right thing to do yes and i think like over the past you know we've been selling for about i think you know i started right out of college about 17 18 years and um you know every year gets just a little bit easier but i think you're right by saying it's not going to happen overnight. And there are people that have done it overnight and they're, I commend them. They're very, very talented and they have a big future as long as they mind their P's and Q's and take care of people. And I think it's just be patient, kind of, you know, like the saying, stay in your lanes and kind of make sure that you, um, you know, do what you're saying you're going to do and, you know, kind of try to do what you're good at. And I think that's what's helped us. Um, and I say us because like, even in like what we call a back cattle, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's not just me, it's the support group of people. And I think that's with any business surround yourself with people that, you know, represent themselves like you want, you know, like you would, and it makes, it makes things better. That Let's talk about the Facebook marketing thing. I think a misnomer right now is. Um, we have an online sale and yes, online sales bring lots of eyeballs and putting them on the internet. I know, and I can speak from personal experience, gets way more eyeballs on them than what you would get by driving to McKay road in Kathy's Valley. But just because you have an online sale and the calf is good and you throw them up on the internet or on Facebook, I don't think that's. I don't think that's really a good return on time. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't, I've 
scheduled out three or four posts to go over the next few days for the sales we have coming up and stuff like that. But if you get on social media, anything like that right now, that all it is on Snapchat and Facebook is pictures of calves that are for sale. And it's almost to the point where it's a little bit exhausting to look at social media or look at Snapchat and all that stuff. And I think, you know, when we talk about marketing or when I think about marketing, it's, it's what are you doing the other 11 months of the year that you don't have a sale coming up? Yeah, I agree. And that, that could be personal. Yeah. That could be person to person marketing. You know, how do you conduct yourself at these shows or these gatherings or sales and places where you interact with your potential customer? How do you interact with those people? How do you treat those people? Are you doing what you said you were going to do? Um, how else are you providing value to your customer base? Um, what are the things you're doing in the off season? Cause right now I don't know that you can gain any traction by putting up a calf picture or very, I mean, you can get some, but I don't think it's what, what folks think it is because everybody's doing it. Everybody has Facebook. It's, we do it for a reason. It's free. And you have a lot of Facebook friends. I mean, it costs nothing to throw a picture up on Facebook and hope people see it. But I think you need, when we talk about building a brand, it's not all about the advertisements and things like that. And Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, about every Facebook post with a calf for sale looks exactly the same. About every ad in these publications looks exactly the same. They're all the same information. So when we talk about building a brand, and building a reputation, I think you need to think outside of those parameters and not to say you shouldn't do ads and you shouldn't put stuff on Facebook, but a key component in my opinion is what are you doing as an operation for the other 11 months out of the year? Are you taking good care of your cows? Are you making wise breeding decisions? Are you helping your customer? If you're doing those things, those are the things that I think actually build your brand and build your program not boy i had a cool ad in the show circuit yeah i agree and i think we talk a lot about this with our kids and families that show is you never know it doesn't matter if you're in the staging area before you go in the ring or if you're in check-in line for weigh-in you know it's always good to have your calf um blown out and set up and in a presentable um, state because you never know when you never know when next weekend's judge is going to be looking from afar or, or trying to, you know, maybe walk up on that calf and you don't really realize what he's he or she's doing as far as studying the build and the setup of that calf. And I think it's, you know, myself, I can harp on kids like that. And I think it's the same could be said for, any of us that are trying to sell cattle, it's like, you know, you never know when somebody's paying attention to what you're doing and just try to, you know, conduct yourself in a good manner, whether it be the, you know, the week you're trying to sell somebody a calf or if it's, you know, the, the end of the year, as far as somebody had a bad day at the show, they didn't, it didn't go their way, but you just, I think it's your brand isn't built, you know, off your Facebook post or your show circuit ad or, you know, um, what you perceive yourself to be is how you act the rest of the year and how you treat people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it just goes back to the fundamentals of doing your best to do things the right way and conduct yourself accordingly. 
do what you say you're going to do, deliver for your customers, whoever they may be, and, you know, find out where you fit and what it is that you can be successful at. Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's figure that out. And then I think the thing I always tell myself every year is just, I mean, we're all who we are and we all have what we're good at, but I think the hardest part on this deal is just always pushing yourself to become better. And I think that's one of the things I've always said is I, I feel like I'm a reasonably good at clipping, but I could always be better. So like if you can learn from somebody else or pick something up or see somebody, how they pull a leg or like some of their secrets on feeding, I think, you know, build your brand how you want it. And then I guess never settle. Always want to try to keep stepping it up and make it better and just understand it's not going to happen overnight, but it's not going to, none of this is going to happen without work and without, you know, learning and without, um, I guess, striving to be better. No, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, it's not, you look at the guys in the programs that are at that, you know, rarefied air in this, in this uh, business. And they've been at it for a long, long time and have had the grit and the know-how and the willingness to learn to get there. And that's why they are where they are. Well, Phil, I covered a lot of ground here today and had a really good conversation. If we want to find out more information about Hallback Cattle and uh, want to know more about the stock that you sell and what you guys got going on there, where would you find that information? And tell us about some of the sales you have coming up. Well, right now, I guess, you know, we're we're sitting here middle of October and, you know, we're kind of in our prime time as far as selling cattle. We, I guess, kind of do it a little the old fashioned way as far as it's private treaty, first come, first serve. Um, I guess we like to do a lot of business on an order basis as far as, you know, people come to us and tell us what their goals are and we try to go out and help find them. And then I guess we always have a a pretty large group of cattle that are for sale, um, pulling the driveway. And, um, I guess they're priced, uh, priced and try to have stuff around as far as different budgets and different endpoints. And I guess like our operation, I know we talked about it, but I guess right now I'm don't do a lot on the website and we have a, a small Facebook page. And most of the time, as far as want to know more, I guess my, my cell phone's listed on there and, just call and kind of go from there. Yep. Hallback cattle Facebook page. is. Yep. We'll have a bread heifer sale usually the second week of December. Um, and that's one of our, I guess, favorite things we do as far as, um, you know, we do it through SEO online sales or SE online sales. And, um, I think this will be our fifth year with it. And, um, and cattle are looking good and getting excited. So, Well, Phil, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on at short notice. I tell you, um, I guess I've enjoyed the podcast. And I guess for everybody out there listening, make sure you reach out to Ferris as far as ideas and thank him. I know just with talking to him, it's a, it's a big uh, time commitment to put these together. And we appreciate it. And I guess keep up the good work. Well, I appreciate it. Well, we're only as good as the guests. And Thank you to everyone. I don't need a whole lot of thanks, but uh, new ideas are always encouraged and, you know, we'll keep chugging along. But thanks, Phil, and uh, 
We'll chat soon. Yep, thanks, first. Have a good night. Thanks again to our guest, Phil Hallback, for taking time to speak with us and kind of talk about uh, building brands and, and how to conduct yourself and how to go from zero to wherever it is that you're wanting to go. Um, I enjoyed the conversation very much. As always, check us out on Facebook, subscribe to the channel, uh, shootsidepodcast at gmail.com or shootsidepodcast on Facebook. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love a review. Keep the information coming in. Keep telling me what you guys want to hear. I'm here for the people and trying to uh, give you guys what you want. I appreciate all the support and all the good feedback that I've been getting. Like we said in the intro, I don't know if it's going to be this episode. might be one more, but uh, this will be the close of season one. We appreciate it. Um, Let's get through the holidays. Uh, Let's get through this major show season, and then we'll come back here in the new year in 2020 and hit it hard again. But again, thank you guys. Appreciate it. It's been a fun journey. We'll talk to you soon.